This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back into the NBA Morning Deuce second episode. First episode was unbelievable, but not as unbelievable as the first day of the NBA playoffs in the bubble. Incredible action. Alex, my friend, what is going on? Not much, man. I guess you could call this the deuce deuce. I used to have the trade deuce and the deuce deuce. Uh, so yeah, I don't think we disappointed yesterday with the first pod and the NBA did not disappoint at all today with some incredible games. Where are we starting? Yeah, I mean, we. I, mean, I think we have to start with the first game because it was the best game of the day and it was it was awesome and shouldn't be that much of a surprise right i mean they played in the bubble and they went to overtime in the bubble of course talking about the nuggets and the jazz uh i anticipated denver really coming out in this game and just putting it on the jazz without mike conley no bogdanovich obviously and and ed david they're just they're shorthanded. I didn't really like them that much to begin with in this series. I expected the Denver to come out and destroy them. And then Donovan Mitchell does. I, w- I wanted to say, I don't, it's not even Donovan Mitchell things. He did Michael Jordan things. I mean, he had the third highest scoring playoff game in the history of the NBA. 57 points. Is that absurd. number blew me away. Third ever. That... I, I, I would have guessed it was like top 10, but third most ever with 57 on 33 shots. I mean, he was efficient. He was extre- he, he was absolutely out of his mind. He tacks on seven assists, five turnovers, whatever. He had the ball almost every possession. And he's got to be looking around like, like guys, are you kidding me? I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm putting up 57 here and we lose by 10. Right. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, exactly. They lose by... <laughs> The the that, youngest the youngest to score fifty in a playoff game since MJ did it, and uh, they lose by ten. It's just absurd. I, it, that's the type of thing that makes you lose your franchise player. That's the type of thing that between living in Utah, which is one thing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, between between living in Utah, having to play with Rudy COVID Gobert. And now scoring, it's like setting records in the playoffs and still losing by 10 points. I mean, they're playing a good team and they're shorthanded, but still, you got to look around and say, what what the hell? How many, I don't know if you have this on hand, maybe we can look it up afterward. How many people have scored 50 points in a playoff game and lost? I can't imagine it's it's very many. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could look it up right now while we discuss this, but I'm yeah, yeah I'm sure it's not. It's a good question. I'm sure it's not a ton. Um, I mean, it's just got to be demoralizing. I mean, he he plays the game of his life and he can't even enjoy it. They're down. They're down a game. 
and uh, their season's on the line. And who knows when Mike Conley Jr. On the broadcast, they said he has a solid chance for game three, solid chance for game four. They seem pretty confident he was coming back in the series, but does it matter? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I was anticipating a sweep or a 4-1 from Denver, I think I said yesterday, either way. Uh, if they're down, here's the thing. This is where the home, no home court advantage really screws you. Because if you're Utah and you go down 2-0 in a normal series and you go home and you get Mike Conley back, now there's now you got something. You've got some hope, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but now you go down 2-0 after the demoralizing loss after Mitchell scores 57 points. You get Mike Conley back. I don't think it matters, like at all. No. I mean, like, how do you, if you're Donovan Mitchell, how do you come out next game? What, what, do I have to score 65 for us to win? I mean, nobody else gave him anything. Nobody else cracked 20. Joe Ingles played pretty well, but still, I, this seems like it's trending toward a sweep. If, if you have a guy put up the third most points in a playoff game and you lose by 10, I, I just don't see how this is. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell is the second player in NBA history to score 50 in a game. 50, oh, wait, no, sorry. Disregard, I put 57. Hold on. A little basketball he, reference he, there. He's the second player ever to score 57 in a game, in a playoff game and lose. Wow, I'm surprised that happened. Who, who was the other guy? Michael Jordan. Uh, there have been now seven other players. This is a pretty good company. I guess you got to be in good company to have 50 in a playoff game. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael Jordan, Ray Allen, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Kobe Bryant, Billy Cunningham, uh, and Michael Jordan again. So MJ lost twice, scoring 50 in a playoff game. That's uh, elite company to be in, if anything. If it means anything, probably not. Um, but, I mean, look, here, here's what really what the deal is. Nikola Jokic owns the Utah Jazz. He owns them. He averaged 29 a game against them in the regular season. He had 29 today. He, they can't... The best defensive player in the NBA cannot do anything with Nikola Jokic. Gobert looked good in the fourth quarter. Would you? Go, I mean, he looked go, good all game. Gobert, 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 Gobert. Thank I, you. I, I don't like him enough to pronounce his name correctly. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> he lost. He, he lost to the privilege of getting his name. Yeah. After he coughed over all those mics. Yeah. 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 I, it, he's Gobert now. Um, <laughs> I mean, he played really well defensively. It just didn't matter. Um, I guess what I want to ask you is. Is Jamal Murray for real? Is that 36 the real deal, or was he just as hot as can be? Um, I This happens. He has these kind of games. Mm-hmm. He's not... I don't trust Jamal Murray to be that guy at the end of every game, especially... I mean, this, this game was just absurd the way he stepped up mm-hmm. with, with Donovan, the way Donovan Mitchell was playing. That they're, the way they go to that two-man game at the end at the end of games with him and Jokic where they just they play those dribble handoffs, they play pick and roll. They just had Gobert in a blend. He didn't know whether to stay attached to Jokic, helping the pick and rolls, dropping the pick and rolls. Murray was getting wherever he wanted and he wasn't missing in the second half. No, I don't trust Jamal Murray to be that guy every game, but he has these kind of games. I also don't trust Donovan Mitchell to be that guy. It's similar. I don't. Donovan Mitchell does this. I mean, he doesn't do fifty-seven, but right. he's very well known for 
having a really good playoff game or two and then really bad playoff games. He did it right. last year. He had a series where he had two 30-point games and then two an 11 and a 12-point game. I, Jamal Murray, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Murray comes out next game and has you know, 15 or 16 points. That's mm-hmm. fine. I also don't think after this, I, I don't see... I see the next game, at least game or two, being a lot more one-sided towards Denver. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe the one thing you hang your hat on if you're the Jazz is they went 22 of 41 from three. That is the Nuggets. Um, if you're the Jazz, maybe you say, look, um, if they go 18 for 41, we, maybe we steal one. I mean, is it possible to chalk that up to just a really, really good shooting night for the Nuggets? And uh, and maybe the Jazz are in this series or no? I, I think you're leaning no. but No, no. Um because they sh- they shot well in the first half but they didn't shoot well in the second half. They they shot they went they were pretty normal. I mean they went back to normal in the second half. The second half was what they do, which is mm-hmm. Jokic took over and him and Murray in crunch time just it was all them too. The shooting, I mean they got some big crunch time buckets. Paul Millsap hit a big 3. Jer- your boy Jeremy Grant hit a big 3. Tory mm-hmm. Craig hit some big threes in the game. That won't happen all the time, uh, but I don't think it was just because they had a great shooting first half. I think they're probably... I think, if anything, be, the great shooting first half saved them in a sense because Donovan Mitchell had the best game of his career. So if all things were normal and they didn't have a great first half and Donovan Mitchell didn't have the best game of his career, Denver's still winning that game. Mm-hmm. Probably by more and and that's probably more of what the series will end up being down the line. Um, but the guy who, to, to sort of tie in the Murray question and the shooting question, it may not be the answer right away because it looked like he was going to have a big game and then he fizzled out. But Michael Porter Jr. is that team. that He's the future for them. He looked so good in that first quarter. Um, there was a, that pull-up three. I think Doris Burke eventually compared him to Kevin Durant at one point. I mean, it was exciting to see him. I mean, it was just a little snapshot of what he could be, but it was really impressive. Yeah, and you know what I found interesting? I was on the Nuggets Twitter to see what their team hashtag is. Um, hmm. It's like Mile High Basketball or something like that. Uh, it wasn't very impressive. Yeah, it's kind of weak. But their banner on their, you know, they have like their graphic on the banner of Twitter uh-huh. to like advertise the team. It's not Jokic. It's Michael Porter Jr. Interesting. That, that franchise, I mean, I, they know that franchise teams do that. Teams do that when they know what, where, what, what they're trying to build around. Not that they're not trying to build around Jokic, but. Let I me think play they, devil's advocate. Maybe they change it every week. You know what I mean? I'm not going to base my, their franchise future on the Twitter banner, but it's I see possible. He looked it's awesome. Possible. No, I, I, I just. He's really he he has a chance he, he still has to stay healthy but he has mm-hmm. a chance to be a really special player. Uh his skill set for his size is crazy. There's not many guys like it. Um but he still has defensive issues and he struggled in the second half and that's why they had to bench him but the way he pulls up in transition and the way he just shoots with confidence at that age in general is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um Denver covered they were minus four and a half, so we both picked that one right. Uh, that, luckily, it didn't look good in, in regulation. 
Yeah. But they got us there. Uh, we'll go to the Nets and the Raptors next. The I thought that. So, yeah, I mean, I thought. <laughs> I, mean, like, I talked. We both talked about how nine and a half was too big of a number, right? But apparently yeah. it was not. It was not a big enough number. I mean, you, I think you said it yesterday. This is not really a playoff team. This is Karis Levert and some D-leaguers and Joe Harris, I guess. Well, I, yeah, I think interesting. I um, For my article for this for Belly Up, recapping the day, I, I said if there's anything to take away from the, for the Nets, it's that Karis Levert and Joe Harris are really, really good players to put with KD, Kyrie, Dinwiddie that that, I mean that's they 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 pulled within eight points in the third quarter I mean they really they play hard and the other takeaway I had was that you know if Jock Vaughn is trying to make a push to keep this job and get rid of that interim tag these guys play hard for him and they're a bunch I mean partially because they're a bunch of g-leaguers trying to get jobs but Mm -hmm. they play hard but you know, maybe that's something that can help him. I highly doubt it, but maybe that's. But really, it's Karis LeVert is really good. He's a really good player. I think his role for them in the future is coming off the bench and being that big time six man, and then probably mm-hmm. playing with the starters in crunch time, like a Lou Williams type. Not the I same. Sk- not a, not the same exact skill set. He's bigger, but that type of contributor. And then obviously Joe Harris. We already know. I mean, he's a great shooter. He's just a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they stink, man. They're really bad. And the Raptors are really, really good. I don't want to, I'm not like out here to crown the Raptors or anything after one game because of who they're playing. But the Raptors are just, I guess there's nothing, there's not a whole lot to say about this game. The Raptors did what they've been doing and the Nets aren't very good. This will probably, again, it's another, I, I feel like I'm predicting too many sweeps in this first round. Because they can't all get be sweeps, but this one's going to be a sweep. This one's a sweep. I, I'm much more confident that this is a sweep than uh, Denver and Utah. Um, but like you said, I think it it means a lot to just come out and handle business like this. I think the Sixers were the two seed last year, and they struggled with the Nets a little bit, and that took a toll on Embiid. And the Nets I mean, were better it, last year. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I'm just saying the the two seed should come out and handle the seven seed, and that's what they did. But this this is a different seven seed. This is not your your typical seven because even this team is missing uh, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, and Torian Prince. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's three starters. You're right. This is a bad. It, this uh, is a really okay. bad seven seed. And and Orlando's not good, and they're the eight seed. But this is a bad seven seed. God, the East is just it's brutal. Disaster. I mean, the whole league is is really top heavy, and that's probably why. I have a lot of these as sweeps because I just feel like these teams that are at the back end of the playoffs are just not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Nets are the worst of the worst. And we, really we both we both lost that pick, right? Uh, we both had the Nets. Yeah, I mean, I, plus I took nine the and a half. plus nine and a half. Yeah. Um, all right, so we had the Clippers and the Mavs. And this one, oh, man, you know, we talked about it on the first episode. I, I was a little... I was disappointed that Dallas uh, had to play the Clippers in the first round. I'm not anymore. I, I, what I saw for two and a half quarters, Dallas can compete with the Clippers. 
they're not going to beat the Clippers, but they can they can get some games. Mm-hmm. Um, the Clippers, I've always been worried about their depth in terms of being a championship team. I just don't think that I think they have six, seven really. They have well, they have two fantastic. They have one player who's arguably the best player in the NBA, in Kawhi. Mm-hmm. They have another guy who is in the perfect role right now that he's ever, that he's been in the second guy, but he's one of the best scorers and a great defender in Paul George. He's all NBA. And then they have a bunch of, they have five other really good players. Well, actually three other Pat Bev, Lou will Montrez, who didn't really look very good tonight. Uh, then they're starting Zubats who, if you're playing him major minutes, that's not a good thing. Yeah. And Marcus Morris, who I really like as a role player, but whatever. The rest of their bench stinks. They're really, there's really not much there. Um, like Landry Shamit. And also, these guys are not, like, Kawhi's a champion. Paul George has been to the Eastern Conference Finals. The rest of these guys haven't done anything. They've done nothing. Like, Pat Beverly, for all the talk that people have on Pat Beverly, he's done really nothing in terms of winning in his career. Lou Will is a journeyman because he's he's plays on he's played on a ton of losing teams. And he's played on some good teams too, but he's played on a lot of losing teams. And Trez is young. Zubats is young. Marcus Morris was great for the Celtics on their playoff run two years ago. Um but he hasn't won anything. So I'm I maybe I I'm not saying we overrated the Clippers because they're obviously when you have two of the top eight or nine players in the NBA, you're going to go deep. But maybe we under, I underrated Dallas a little bit. And, and my concern was Dallas's depth, but neither team is very deep. And Luca is just, he's just that good. And you know what? We haven't even talked about the biggest storyline from the game, the Porzingis ejection. I thought that was horseshit. Right. Well, I was going to get, yeah, that, yeah, it was, it was absurd. I mean, and that's where I was going to say was, um, you know, we, for two and a half quarters, I was like, wow, Dallas really can stick with these guys. And then Porzingis gets ejected. And I'm like, what was that? I mean, I, I, well, I did like a legit double take when, so, when, I, when I heard it. So the ejection was because he got his second technical. That's what I'm saying. But the have to be and, cognizant of that. Well, but here's the, the problem. And they talked a lot about it a lot on the broadcast. And they brought in the referee to talk about it. And, I so I so I get what he was saying about that that the ejection was correct because the second technical was correct because him and Marcus Morris because he escalated the situation came in With and shove. I understand um, that. So, but the way it is in the league now is if two guys get into it and shove each other, it's going to be a double tech no matter what. They just do it just to to settle things down. The problem was is that they gave him an absolute dog shit tech earlier in the game and that caused him to get ejected and there's nothing you can do about it it's just the rules but it's a terrible technical foul that he got early when he blocked they called a foul and he like threw a punch in the air and they called a tech there terrible that that's the problem is that he got that tech i think when you're caught up in the moment of two teams and they're getting physical and they're in the middle of the game you're the ref you got to call the tech there there's just nothing you can do it sucks I hear you. I see. I hear what you're saying. I just, I, 
I think when they when they went to review that, if they come back and they say, you know what, no, there's no text there, nobody has a problem with that. It wasn't really out of control at the time. But I mean, in game one to hamstring the Mavericks like that with essentially just because of a shove and during, and a, competi- and during the, a competitive game too. Yeah. I mean, by the letter of the law. Okay, sure. But nobody's going to have a problem if they come back and they say, okay, yeah, no, no, there's, there's no text there. And then Porzingis, we get, we get to see a competitive game till the end um, where Dallas actually has a chance to make this super interesting. I, I just thought that sucked. And uh, the Lucas special Lucas just, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was no, I mean, I guess there was no question about that, but we he, do have to talk about the turnovers. 11, 11 turnovers might have cost him that game. Yeah, well, five of them were within like the first five minutes of the game. He looked terrible in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just switching everything. They were they were pressuring him. He just looked jittery. It was his first playoff game ever. I think that was a big part of it. I know he ended. He finished with 11. So yeah. if he didn't have five in the first five minutes, maybe he would have finished with like seven or so, which is still mm-hmm. not good. But yeah, that, I mean that could have lost them the game. Um, but he had five early, then things got better. And then when Porzingis got ejected, he had to take, I mean, I feel like he took it upon himself to do everything and then started turning the ball over more. I mean, they were up when Porzingis got ejected and then immediately the Clippers took the lead. It was just like, they never really pulled away, but they also, it was kind of like, yeah, they're going to win this game. It, it was deflating. So, I, I mean, I think even with the turnovers, I think Porzingis getting ejected just changed everything. Yeah. I think it, it, yeah. it really ruined everything. But but to that end, seeing what they were able to I didn't think they would get more than a game at the most in this series. I could see them getting two games. Yeah. And that would be, I mean, that's going to wear the Clippers out because, mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, I like their bench a lot more than you do, but it's definitely, I mean, Going six games as opposed to five could be a, a big difference later on in the Western Conference Finals, just in terms of fatigue and stamina. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the Clippers covered minus six. I had them covering. I don't think you did. I think you had Dallas plus six. I did. I had Dallas. I thought this was going to be. And it was a tight game, and you know I probably win that bet if it's not for. Uh, for a, a dog shit call there, but it is what it is. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a really good series, a better series than we both thought yep. yesterday. Uh, let's go to the Celtics and the Sixers. Oh boy. Uh, I'll let you start again. It's the Sixers. So I'm going to let you start and give your, your, for your takes from the game. Um, I, I think in a nutshell, um, Embiid wasn't good enough. He wasn't the best player on the floor. That was Jason Tatum. And, that's the game in my mind. Um, I do see this as a series now. Embiid does not look hindered by the ankle. Uh, I'm I'm not thinking 4-2 Celtics anymore. I think this is going to go six, seven games. Um, I need more from Tobias Harris. Six of 15, over three from three-point range. With that contract, uh, is not going to get it done. And I want to talk about, I want to get your reaction to Al Horford at the end of the third quarter getting a nice bucket, screaming at the top of his lungs, and then he finishes with six points, negative 18 plus minus. I mean... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll counter that with... Um, in that stretch, the Sixers were losing with two minutes and 57 seconds left 
they're losing by five or six. Embiid went to the bench. Sixers went on a 9-0 run and took the lead at the end of the third with Horford as the center, playing really well for the, probably the best his best stretch of the game. Then the fourth quarter started, Embiid came back in, and the Sixers almost immediately, or the, excuse me, the Celtics almost immediately took the lead. Just saying. Eh. I mean, Maybe Horford they should have just let Al Horford keep screaming and leave Embiid on the bench. Oof. I mean, I know the plus-minus stat has some serious flaws, but if you look down the... I mean, it does. Horford's, Horford's minus 18, the next guy is Josh Richardson, who's negative 10. I mean, they, they had some serious problems when Horford was on the floor. I think your and, serious uh, problem is that you're le- the, you're leaning on Alec Burks to get he you points. He looked pretty good. I, I know. I mentioned that. Of yeah, course he looked, he looked really good. good but again, you, you, you lean on a guy like that. I mean, he had 18. I mean, he's not going to get you the 18. One thing, the one thing I forgot to mention was the 18 turnovers compared to seven. You're, you're not going to win right. a game, and especially five, against five, the Celtics. Five from Embiid, which was the most. Yeah, 18 turnovers to seven you're not going to win a playoff game that way and i i really hate to say it because i have defended Embiid his entire career i love the guy but he looked gassed he looked completely gassed in the fourth quarter and it's super frustrating um that being said we've seen in the past where he does go four quarters and he looks unstoppable and that's why i have some hope for the series um i guess my biggest takeaway is that this is a series in my mind this is going six or seven and uh and tell me if I'm being a homer. Lay, lay it on me. I didn't see anything in that series or in that game that made me change what I think about this series, which is probably still the Sixers will get a game or two, but I, I don't. I didn't see anything that impressed. I, I, I mean, Alec Burks doesn't get you 18 points. It's a blowout. It, it, Embiid didn't look great to me. He he looked good for the first quarter. Um, two shots in the second quarter is not good. And there's a lot of things that can go into that. But this has been my thing with Joel Embiid his whole career. Um, we've talked about it before. Inability to, you know, the, not drawing up the right plays, inability to make the entry pass, not finding him. I, I just, I don't think there was, like when Shaq was playing, if he only got two shots in a quarter after he just had 11, he would be he would be in the coach's ass. He'd be in his teammates' asses. He would be making sure he would call his own plays. He would bully players into the post, and he would go score. He would just do what he had to do to get his buckets when he was on a roll like that. And this is not the first time I've seen Embiid look really good and then just sort of disappear for a long stretch. And it kills them. And it absolutely kills them. It really uh, does. Um, I, I'm just going to sound like a Sixers apologist, probably because that's what I am. But I think that one of the hugest issues with this team for the last four or five years has been continuity. I mean, their, their roster, their, their guys getting big minutes and taking the most shots are always changing. Um, so I just it just never seems like this team is in a rhythm in terms of playing together. And we see it in the turnovers. We see... Just, just awful turnovers that kill you, um, and I, I keep going back to that eighteen to seven number. If that's closer to fourteen, and you know you force three more turnovers on the Celtics, I think you have a really close game that's coming down to the last possession. Um, but I, I, at this point, until Embiid 
you know, turns it around in the series, which I'm hoping for. I can't, I can't really defend Embiid right now. Well, I think we pretty much, I think we've buried the lead of why this series is to me is still a four, two series. And it's because Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, hopefully, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happened. We'll see what's up with Gordon Hayward. He sprained his ankle. That could be, could be a factor. Um, but those guys, right. I, I just I just don't see a scenario where the Sixers' defense is ever good enough to shut all of them down. You're right, or any and of I, them down. I, I didn't even mention it. The Celtics are, are really good. That's um, I mean, I think they can win the East. Yeah, like no, I, I mean, I, they're they're I, a pro- I think- they are a pro- they're they're a problem, and it's exactly for what the reason we said yesterday when we were talking about it. Tatum and Brown had. 61 combined today mm-hmm. Kemba I think put in another 8 or 19 yep um, it, it, they you have three guys that can do that Hayward can do it if he from time to time they Marcus Smart comes in and plays good defense for them they switch everything they have an incredible coach who obviously knows how to make the right adjustments it, they're they're really talented. They're really good. They're and and again, we'll see what happens with Embiid. But like, if Embiid, who's the most talented big man in the East, can't get it done against them, then no other big man's going to get it done against them. Really, I mean, obviously Giannis is different. He's not really a big like, like that. But like true big man, because like the 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 thing you're concerned about with the Celtics is they're small. They don't have any really big defensive bigs. So how are they going to shut down big men? They did it today. They did great. Uh, they're tough. They're going to be really tough for any team in the East. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's take a look at tonight's games. We we already talked about the La- the Lakers and the Blazers yesterday. So let's just make our pick here. Um, Lakers are minus five and a half. Mm, I think for this one, I'm going to go Blazers plus five and a half. Really. I think Dame Dame is still riding high. There's momentum there, so I think this is a close one. It's, I, I think <laughs> I think uh, this is the most confident confident I've been of any game in the playoffs so far. I'm taking the Lakers minus five and a half. I think they destroy this team tomorrow. All right, fair enough. Uh, Bucks Magic. <laughs> I just, oh, I, I put what in the notes at one thirty. Okay, I put in the notes that I'm going to give the Magic one game just because I'm picking so many other sweeps that like they can't all yeah. be sweeps. Uh, the bucks are minus 12 as of right now. That's a big number. Steve Clifford's a great coach. He he's really good at coming in and prepping his team for one game <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'm going to go magic plus 12. I'm going, I made this mistake yesterday with the nets um, so 12 is, looks like a huge number, but I think the Bucks win by 18 to 20 here. Uh, all right. These are these next two great two series that should be really fun uh, series. Heat are minus four against the Pacers. They played twice in the bubble. Um, this, But the second game, no one really played. But the first game they played, the Heat absolutely uh, stomped them out. And that was the first time that they really played their full teams against each other all season. That was also the, you know, the return game 
the the Jimmy Butler, TJ Warren, their first time playing each other, and and Jimmy Butler sunned him, and now Jimmy Butler says that that's done, that's in the past, um, and that they're they're just ready for this series. Uh, I think the Heat cover here, but it's close. I think it's like one of those where it's probably a three or four point game most of the game they i think they bounce back and forth and then the heat end up winning by like six or seven on free throws at the end or something like that um i think the heater just a in a series like this i lean to the team that has the best player on the floor and the heat i think if victor oladipo was 100 percent healthy i'd say that they have it's close i'd say that that the pacers have the second best player on the floor i still think regardless bam's bam Adebayo is the best player in this series and then i think right now jimmy's the second best um so i think they're similar good defensive teams um really good coaches really scrappy all across the board i just think the heat are a little deeper and have a little more talent and experience. So I think th- they'll pull this one out. That's fair. Um, I have absolutely no feel for this series. Um, and for that reason, I'm every game in the series, I'm going to take the team getting the points, which is probably going to be the Pacers for the most part. I'm taking the Pacers plus four. I just see these teams as extremely evenly matched. Um, and I do think it's going to be one of those cases where the best player on the floor wins the series. And I, I think that's Jimmy Butler. Uh, I like Jimmy Butler a lot. I'm not counting out Victor Oladipo, you know, taking that leap to get closer to where he was. Um, yeah, well, that's that my thing with the middle of last year. Yeah, that's my thing with the with them is he's still getting back healthy. Brogdon's always injury prone. TJ Warren's injury prone. They all the three of them haven't really played a ton together this year. So mm-hmm. if they had like a, a couple months where they had played together, I would say this is a seven game series because. And if and also they don't have Sabonis, which kills them. Because mm-hmm. before the season, my I said if if they were all healthy, the Pacers were a top four team in the East. I th- I thought they could be really really good and a huge sleeper team this year in the East. It didn't come together for them, and because they really haven't played all that much together, the edge I think is to Miami. I still think the Pacers get a couple games, but Miami I think probably four two. Maybe gotcha. four, maybe four one. I, Miami beat them all three times they played them this year when their start when when people actually played. Mm-hmm. Miami might just be that much might might actually just be that much better than them this year. Uh, plus, they're even better now and deeper with Crowder and Iguodala. But overall, I think it's the Heat series to, to win. Man, I'm watching uh, this on ESPN.com. They're just looping this uh, this little fight between Warren and Butler and. Uh... It's getting me kind of excited. I hope we have some fireworks. If the series gets out of hand, yeah. we could get some fireworks. We could get some real fireworks. I hope Jimmy keeps that energy. He's saying he's not, but I don't believe it. He's hot headed. He's hot headed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't believe that. Uh, you know, that could be a fun series. There will definitely be fireworks in the Thunder Rocket series. Yes. There will be. There's no doubt in my mind. I've, no Russell Westbrook for game one, which stinks just because I want to see him play the Thunder. Um, this is an interesting thing I looked up today. Chris Paul has never played a playoff series against one of his former teams. And he's always played in the West. Right. So this is so 
not only do I think I I think this series is going I, I'm I don't know what I predicted originally. I don't know if I ever did make a prediction. This series is going seven games. Really? And I love the Rockets. I really do. They're a lot better than people think they are. I think people just think they have no shot because they're small. They've been playing really good defense with this small ball lineup. Uh, their offense is actually what's struggled. So it'll be interesting to see with Russ out if they go back to that slower pace, uh, pick and roll, and just let Harden, or not even run pick and rolls, just go ISO and make teams double and triple team them and let them find open shooters without Russ there. Maybe their offense gets a little better. Um, but I think Chris Paul is I, he strikes me. I mean, I, it strikes me. He, I think he's the kind of guy who is absolutely like, I want to, I want to shit on my former team for yeah. trading. Yeah, hundred percent is, and I don't think he's going to do it. I, th- this I think this series I think to me, is. who's who's I, who's shutting down Chris Paul? I mean, the Rockets have good de- team defense. They're active. They they steal. They get a lot of steals. They have active hands, and and they're good in that sense. But I still think. I think it's a seven-game series. I, it's, I think the Rockets cover one and a half in the first game. Um, but I think it's an interesting series. It's more interesting than I thought originally. That Chris Paul stat really got me. That's probably way too overreacting, but it really got me. I just think this is a series that that James Harden takes over. I know we're going to get to our FanDuel picks later, but I'm taking him in every single lineup we do. Um, I don't see anybody coming close to containing him on the Thunder. Um I'm, I think the Rockets could win this in five or six. I'm just not that high on the Thunder. I'm not saying they're a bad team, but James Harden, I just think he's got something special in his bag for, for these playoffs. Yeah, actually, let's get to our FanDuel lineups real quick right now. Um, here's what I got for tonight. Eric Bledsoe, Chris Paul, yeah. James Harden, Terrence Ross, because someone on Orlando has to score. Darius Baisley, who's been balling out for OKC. Eric Gordon who gets more touches because Russ is out. Kuzma, Bam, and Brooke Lopez. That's pretty nice. Uh, I loaded up on former Sixers as usual. We got TJ McConnell. I'm going Chris Paul and James Harden. Jimmy Butler. Jakar Sampson. TJ Warren. Nerlens Noel. Anthony Davis, I think, is going to be flat out unstoppable in that series. And I'm also going with Dwight Howard. All right. There it is. We'll see what happens. I'm 2-2 two and two in my picks. You're 1-3 and three to start. Um, who did you pick the Rockets game? You you picked the Rockets to cover for for tonight. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the Rockets out right. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, yeah. Sure. How'd, how'd you do in Fanduel yesterday? Do we have time? To I got. That? We don't have a ton of time, but I, I got smoked. I didn't win anything. My team was terrible. I had a, uh, I had Donovan Mitchell, which uh, which helped me out a lot. So yeah, I, yeah, probably did. Um, I had Tatum, but that didn't do much for me. Yeah, no, that was bad. Um, that's it guys. Episode two. Thank you all for listening to the first couple episodes. It really means a lot to us. We're, we're really excited to do this for you guys every day. Um, if there's new listeners, which I hope there are, you know what to do. Go leave us a rating and a review. Um, you can tweet us now at NBA morning deuce. Give us a shout out. That's where, if you have an issue, Hit us up there. That's where I want to hear from you. But I'm, hey, going, Joey, bef- but I'm going back at you. Before we go, quick trivia. Jason Tatum's son's name? Oh, that's a big deuce. That's the deuce. That's the deuce. All right, people. We'll see you tomorrow morning. 